I'm Alexa. And I'm Isabel. And you're listening to the Alumni Insights Podcast. This is our series dedicated to helping community college students navigate the transfer process and receive valuable career insights from Irvine Valley College alumni. Today will be a continuation of Monday's episode, but this time we'll be talking about what you've all been waiting for, our college acceptances and rejections, and how we feel about them now. With that said, let's get into it. Hey everyone, so welcome back to episode three of this podcast that was supposed to be one episode. Uh, I apologize on behalf of both of us. Um, We, again, talk too much. And I can't even promise that this is going to be the last episode. I truly don't know. (laughs) Yeah, you'll have to stick around till the end to really find out, but uh, we'll try and keep it relatively brief, but informative. And um, I know you guys have been anticipating to find out what the heck happened with us in our college uh, admissions or rejections. So why don't we just jump right into it? I'll start off. Okay, so I applied to, or the four schools that I was paying attention to were UCLA, UC Berkeley, UCI, and UCSD. And they're all UCs. I applied to mostly UCs just because well, for financial financial reasons and the programs associated with it. And so, yeah. Where did you apply, Alexa? Oh, um, wait. Yeah. Also, I applied to Fullerton. Okay. Good, good, and- good. I was going to mention. Yes. Um, yes. Can't forget about the Cal States. They're there for a reason. They're important. Um, and, you know, it's important to always have that right. feeling of I'm going to college right. either way. So, um, but yeah, but for me, it was... Uh, four UCs as well because you know you get four UCs covered by a fee waiver so I was going to take advantage of the opportunity um but for me it was UC Berkeley, UCLA, UCI, and UC Santa Barbara because uh they had an econ accounting major so I tagged there and then for the Cal States I think the strongest ones for accounting were Fullerton, uh Northridge, and Long Beach and I okay. think I also applied to SDSU, but they wanted international transcripts, and I was I was not about to get into that whole thing. But those were oh, the eight schools yeah. I applied to. I forgot one school that I applied to, and I didn't even tell you, Alexa. I applied to oh. Baylor, Baylor University in Texas. Right. Um, okay. I applied there. Well, my brother goes there right now. He's doing pre-med. But I, um, the application was free. So I was like, Oh, why not? Why not? Doesn't hurt. Nothing to lose. Right. So we're going to, I'll just start. Would you want to go school by school? Let's start with the big dog. Uh, Or should we start with the small dogs first? Let's start with the small dogs. Okay. So (laughs) I got into Fullerton. Nice. Yep. What about you? Yep. Got into Fullerton. Got into the CSUs. Yep. So the CSUs were good. Uh, we got and um, our reactions to the CSUs. So I love Cal State Fullerton. I highly recommend it for all of you accounting savvy people. But or you know if anything for anything, but they have a really outstanding accounting and business program there. But um, upon hearing about my acceptance, I I was happy to know that I had. An option, but 
I wanted more. I was waiting for the UCs. And so I wasn't completely content. I was like, okay, this is a good starting point for me. And now let's wait to see where I really want to go. Because out of high school, I got into Fullerton. And I opted out of it because I wanted to see if I could go up in the ranks, what other schools I could get into if I go to community college. So I wasn't jumping to go to Fullerton. But if I if that happened to be my option or where I, you know, admitted to or committed to, sorry, um, I would be totally happy because I love the the academic programs that they have at Fullerton. And I think that I could be really su- successful with, you know, their programs, their resources, their recruitment, everything. So, yeah. Definitely. No, I, I mean, I had the same feeling. It was just okay good I know I'm going to college at a place where I would feel very like you know happy with the resources happy with what's there it's close to home you know I know I would be able to afford it financially and it just it felt good um yeah I think for us it's not too long of a commute it's it was it's just it was a good option for us if you know we decided to go there but yeah no, I agree. And that's kind of how I went into it. I think it's really, if you can apply to the CSUs, which there really shouldn't be a reason for you not to, even if you think you're too good for them or whatever it is in your head, you know, or that people have put into your head, just apply. It's so simple. Right. The application is just you putting your grades in. You've already done it for the UCs. Why not do it with the CSUs? Plus, right. usually they kind of extend the deadline. So you have a bit of time. Right. And the nice thing is, after you submitted that, and after you get those responses from your schools, you at least know you're going to transfer. And that's huge. You know, um, I know a lot of people who come into community college, they didn't get into any schools that they applied for, right? And so yeah. the big thing is just transferring is a huge thing. Like for me, I didn't, mm-hmm. you know, I applied to one school after high school. I got in, but I couldn't afford it. So this was my only option, right? Um, So a lot of people, it is their only option. So just keep a wide net, you know, don't kind of put yourself into this box of like, I'll just apply to UCLA and UC Berkeley. No, 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 no. Like, don't do that. Um, You're really putting, you're just jeopardizing yourself for no reason. So just don't do that. Apply to the CSUs. Um, I mean, when it came to Northridge and Long Beach and like those schools, I felt really good about them. I knew that I already knew a lot of the people that went there. I saw the kinds of internships they were getting, you know, I was on LinkedIn. So I saw a lot of their names popping up. So I felt good about going to those schools. Yeah. Fullerton ultimately felt like a school I had heard so much about from, you know, my accounting professors, just from people just saying it's a really great solid school like people who are working right now in financial advisory services at uh, PwC you know like people who have a lot of weight to what they're doing so felt really good about Fullerton but I know we were all waiting for this for the UCs after that um yeah Um, yeah. and then let me really quickly get Baylor out of the way oh yeah I applied to Baylor's accounting program um, I really, I hardly know anything about their business accounting and finance programs they have there. I, I only know that they're really, um, they're well known for their pre-med program. So, uh, I got in, but, <laughs> which is awesome. cool. It's so cool. I got, you know, if you're looking to go out of state, 
and see if you can, you know, if you're considering the Texas to the South. Um, yeah. Like to Baylor, they have first transfer students. It was a free application. I don't know if it's going to be like that next year, but it doesn't hurt. But they gave me a scholarship. Wow. I don't know. It's just funny because like I didn't plan to like get in and I don't really plan to go there because mm-hmm. it's out of state and kind of expensive. But um, yeah, that's cool. I definitely like boosts your mood you know it's like oh yeah. it's a feel good moment like you yeah. you might know you're getting in you're not but it just it feels good to yeah. know that's an option for you sure. know the more options the better for me why not so anyway yeah. okay now let's jump into the is that it uc's now right i think i think we're yeah it's time for the uc's we, we can go based off of the order they came out that makes sense sure. uh yeah. uci came out first no yeah. yes uh yes I think well so. out of the ones I applied to so yeah I, I tagged UCI business econ and I got accepted Woo! that's huge UCI is such a good school I mean right. we've really talked about it a lot um in the first part but yeah I mean, it's not I mean so tagging was uh, I really, I think I talked about this in the last episode. I tagged to UCI because it was a school that I really wanted to get into. And I knew that upon getting into UCI, I would be ecstatic because, I mean, we just know so much about their resources and it's a great, I think we take it for granted sometimes UCI because we live in Irvine. I mean, I've lived in Irvine my whole life and I never pegged UCI to be, you know, an amazing school, but it really is. It, and yeah, was, especially now. It's yeah. really gone up in rank. It's right. yeah. Yeah, and so I'm in there's I got into their school of, of social sciences and I also did honors to honors. So that is an option. You know, I can join their honors program as well. But I'm not in the Palmerage Business School. And okay. So I'm going to let this is your advantage from listening to this podcast. I'm going to give you a little bit of an insight. I Ooh. called Paul Mirage. Um, well, not him, but um, <laughs> some of the people in his, Phone uh, up. his office. Yo. Hey, Paul. It's <laughs> been a while. Anyway, I, I called and I told them that I am, I got accepted as a business economics student. However, I'm really interested and the programs that you have for undergraduates at the Paul Mirage School of Business. Because ultimately, mm-hmm. you know, I want to be in those recruiting events and in the seminars that they have in with the business community as well. And what they told me was, even though I'm in the School of Social Sciences, technically, I am not a, a Paul Mirage business student, but I can always connect with the right people and find ways to get into those events. By no means do they mean to exclude anybody? You know, if you, it's just all about the right networking. Make, I'm going to have to make really good friends with the business students, um, connect with professors and make the most of it. And so I get the best of both worlds if I really try. And so if you're, if you want to tag to UCI, but you still want to be a part of whatever program, you can still be a part of whatever program you want to be a part of. It's all about the community that you build. So I have to work really hard this summer to start my recruiting and networking and also find ways to find those loopholes to get involved in Paul Mirage. Yeah. 
but it's awesome that you know they were so receptive and they were like oh yeah just create those connections Mm -hmm. and you can go to the same events that the mirage kids do it's the same exact thing right Uh, yeah it's just gonna be a little you're just gonna have to take the extra step because you know you're not in the school so you don't get the full experience but yeah but you know I mean something that I did let's say with Fullerton um I'm not going to disclose my sources but if you're if you know someone who's in a program, let's say a student, maybe they're a transfer student, someone who's just very, um, just very receptive to other transfer people, transfer students, connect with them and ask them, hey, can you put me like on the Paul Mirage events mailing list? Can you like hook me up with, you know, just getting me on some kind of mailing list or forwarding me those opportunities? And that way you can have a direct link inside, right, of that major, that school, who's going to be able to relay you those opportunities. Heck, that's how I got to meet the firms at Fullerton. Uh, I'm not in in that, like, GAP program, GAP 4 plus 1, you know, but... she's not even trying to get... She wasn't really trying to get recruited at the time. I mean, maybe. Actually, yeah, you were. You had... I kind of was, yeah. (laughs) But that's... It's... You gotta be... You gotta be smart about it. You gotta be strategic. And I'm just glad that UCI was open to... um, you know, letting me in on some of the events. I really appreciated that. So um, even though I, I haven't made my decision, for obvious reasons, I'm really leaning towards UCI. UCI, yeah. it's, it's great. I agree. I agree. Well, okay, let's rip the Band-Aid off. I got waitlisted, y'all. <laughs> um, which came as a bit of a surprise because I did honors to honors. I didn't tag, but with honors to honors, it's usually almost like a guarantee that you'll get in. The reason is mainly because of a technicality because of my international transcripts. Right. And oh my yeah. gosh. It's so yeah. stressful, guys. Okay. Wait, tell them about the whole technicality. Okay. So, I mean, I think I talked about this a little bit in the first episode, but ultimately... I did a year of, not even a full year, but a year of college in Ukraine right after high school, just because I couldn't afford coming back to the U.S. at that point and being an out-of-state student. Um, And so I stayed in uh, Ukraine. I ended up taking those classes at that university, and it was just really screwed up. The system was very corrupt. You know, we talked a little bit about this, but, like, bringing it bottle of whiskey and like cake and like you know several hundred like gravies which is like our (laughs) currency that was like the norm um before an exam just before grades are about to be put out it was kind of it was just all over the place and really the emphasis was not on learning it was just on bribing people to get the grade (laughs) and you know, I didn't have that much money to go around to do that kind of thing. I couldn't yeah, really I mean, that and system. like, what business do you have buying, like, really expensive bottles of whiskey and or whatever? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> I'm underage, so you guys are asking me to do illegal things, you know. Um, but, yeah, ultimately, I just, that Overall, was not something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It just wasn't a feasible option. Alexa no, is no. ethical. Believe yeah. it or I'm just kidding about <laughs> I know. Can you believe it? Yeah, but ultimately, <laughs> that was that was not something I wanted to do. Um, but yeah, and so I I was thinking, okay, what are some ways I can get around this? At first, I studied German. I ended up going to a German university, 
But ultimately, I knew I really wanted to start my career here in the U.S. I just, I was trying to get my foot in the door and it just felt like the right time to come back. I'd always kind of wondered like, oh man, I wish I'd gone to high school here. I would be able to get into a good college and it would have just been so much easier. Now I have this like weird history of these like subpar grades at my Ukrainian university because I refuse to pay the professors. Um, and, you know, we talked a little bit about this where I would, I got 65 for uh, a class where I aced the exam, like got a hundred, did all of the work and oh only got God. 65 because of attendance. So unbelievable. Yeah. So that's kind of what I was dealing with. Um, yeah. And I was able to speak German at that point. So I, you know, and that's the class that I got yeah. 65 in. So I was like, okay, you know what? Mm-hmm. I need to leave this in the past. Came here, went through the whole whole CC system, didn't try to transfer any of my credits or anything like that. So I started from scratch. Um, Because, like, I took econ classes. I had, like, a very similar major to what I'm doing now. I had international right. economic relations. So a lot right. of the classes did overlap in a way, but it was, like, international econ, econ instead of just regular econ, right? So because of that, when I came in, I was really worried once transferring happened because nobody told me about this. Um, when I first met with my Saddleback counselor, you know, like when I first started at community college, they said, don't even worry about your international transcript. Just start from scratch. Don't worry about transferring anything. Just like take all the classes from, you know, starting from zero. And I was like, okay, sure. And then when actual applications rolled around and they said, you have to report all of the institutions you went to, I'm like, well, shoot, that includes that horrific Ukrainian university too. So yeah, I had to put those grades in because I wasn't going to lie. You know, they probably have ways of checking maybe. Um, So I was like, you know what? I'm just not going to worry about it. I'll put it on and we'll see what happens. And so I was like, if they have common sense, if the admissions officers have common sense, they'll see that. And I put this in my comments section. I spot, like pretty much put it all over my application. Like these grades are not a definition of who I am. I just refuse to pay to get better grades, you know, and I ultimately withdrew because I didn't want to be in that system. Clearly at UCI, they don't read that because, I mean, I wrote that a little bit in my essay in the additional comments section, included pretty much anywhere. And if I really wanted to, let's say if I got rejected, I could appeal it. And we'll talk a little bit about, you know, like how to appeal your uh, decision, the fact that you can't appeal if you're on a wait list, which sucks. But um, yeah, ultimately, I applied to UCI and they decided to look at those international transcripts so they told me I didn't apply or I did apply for honors to honors but I didn't qualify because my GPA with those international transcripts were like you guys my GPA was like a 2.7 or something um just (laughs) in the with those international transcripts and they said yeah we we can't take you so I'm waitlisted, which means, hey, apparently I still have a shot, but, you know, we'll talk a little bit more about it. But ultimately, mm-hmm. I'm not mad, but it was it was a huge headache for mm-hmm. sure. And yeah. how how does the, the waitlist, what do they say about the waitlist for UCI? And basically, when you're waitlisted, what it means is that you're you're still a strong candidate. That you're, you're still, you know, someone that would be suitable for the campus. But they're basically waiting for seats to free up in classes. So yeah. 
And, yeah. and typically how they determine or how seeds become free is when students who received or who gained, wait, who got accepted, don't, yeah. when, they, when they reject that acceptance or they, they don't take the offer. And that's how seats free up or people, you know, drop out, whatever. So you're, it's a waiting game, but I don't know. How does it, did they, did you have to indicate that you wanted to join the wait list or what, what's the process of being waitlisted? Yeah. So for UCI, it's very straightforward. You know, we'll jump into UCLA in a bit, but it's pretty much bare bones. So mm-hmm. you just, you have to accept the offer to be on the wait list. And they, you know, I was like, okay, can I submit an essay? Because we found out about UCI pretty much first. Yeah. So I had a lot of anxiety about like, what if I get waitlisted from every single university? What do I do? You know, what if I get rejected from everybody, everywhere else? Because, you know, I, I was applying to very competitive schools. So I was like, okay, I need to figure this out. Can I submit an essay? What can I do? No, you can't. So the waitlist is just straight up. You just wait. So the <laughs> first, yeah, it, it kind of it kind of sucks that you know it's so word for word. But June first is when everybody has to like it's a deadline to accept um, or uh, you know decline your offer. And basically, like if you don't accept, then you automatically you know can't enroll anymore. So that's the deadline to submit your acceptance of the offer. And as soon as that happens after that day, they start sending out, um, they start sending out uh, basically like offers to people off the wait list to get them accepted or right. into the program. Because at that point, they know who's in, who's out and commit somewhere else. And uh-huh. that way, you know, they can kind of weed it out. But yeah, there's absolutely nothing you can do for the UCI wait list other than just wait. You can't submit anything. Uh-huh can't submit your grades, can't submit an essay. You just got to wait. And it's pretty brutal. I can't lie. But getting waitlisted, there is, it, it's bittersweet, you know. It, it's yeah. really, I think it's an accomplishment. I mean, not as, you know, obviously it's Agreed. different from, from getting accepted. But the thing about um, getting waitlisted is it's really hard. It, it's like, at least you're being considered for that school. And that's amazing. That is amazing. It's hard to even get waitlisted at at all of the UCs. So if if you are waitlisted somewhere, if you get waitlisted, you should be proud because it's, it's, it's still difficult, you know, to even be considered among the sea of applicants that they have among the the tens of thousands of applicants that these schools have, you know, you're still, a very 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 worthy candidate but it's just a matter of you know do they have room and so you know there's still hope and a lot of people think oh I got waitlisted that's just basically um an easy rejection no that's actually not the case I know a couple people who have were on the waitlist and they they got they ended up getting in and you know you never know you it's really it's still out of your control but there's still hope so and you should still be you should still be proud you should even be proud for applying in the first place so definitely yeah. no I totally agree with that I would just say be proud be happy with where you are but keep in mind if you get accepted into a school that's maybe less competitive take the offer there I think you have to like cough opt. I think it's 250 bucks that you have to pay to accept the offer 
right. and those 250 bucks it's not like an additional fee it's actually part of what you'd be paying for tuition mm-hmm. so you just be paying 250 dollars less for tuition in the fall of that it's year down payment is yeah. what it is exactly, so, exactly. Yeah. So yeah um okay Cool. So that's UCI. What's uh, next on the list? Let's go with Santa Barbara, maybe? I didn't apply to Santa Barbara, but... Okay, well, this one will be quick. I tagged. I got in. Nothing surprising. Um, I didn't really know much about Santa Barbara other than the fact that one of our... like favorite professors uh, went there and he seemed to have pretty good opinions of the school. Yeah, um, it was an econ right now. Yeah. Yeah. So all of that to say I was happy with it, but ultimately between UC Santa Barbara and Fullerton, I would have still gone with Fullerton. So that's mm-hmm. where my head was at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and the way that we're evalu- evaluating the these schools, so Alexa's saying she would have chosen Fullerton over UCSB. And I think the re I mean, I know the reason, but the reason is just because of the program itself. Not we're not really talking about the school. We're talking about the the specific programs that we're looking at. So yeah. for Alexa between UCSB and Cal State Fullerton, Fullerton would have given her the best opportunities and the best experience. Exactly, because I yeah. was looking for accounting and business and also financially, right? Right. I mean, if you if you're down to move up to Santa Barbara, it's beautiful. It's consistently mm-hmm. ranked as the most beautiful campus, you know, of all the UCs. So definitely don't think that, oh, Fullerton reigns superior. Just for me, based on, you know, the financial gain versus the resources I'd be getting, I valued Fullerton to be more sound for me. But yeah. And and this is a perfect example of why you shouldn't automatically assume that all UCs are superior to Cal State's. That's not the case. Yeah, it, exactly. It really, it, it comes down to what you want to pursue, what you want to study, and where um, where can you go that will cultivate your skills be- the best? So, yeah. Yep. Okay. 100%. Perfect. Oh, you know what we missed? Did you apply to Cal Poly Slow? No, I did okay. not. I think we oh. touched on this briefly in the last episode, but yeah. go ahead. I think I know okay. where you're going. Yeah, waitlisted, super competitive this year. Again, felt a little bit conflicted, kind of like with UCI, where it's like, but why though? Because I was considering these as like, you know, not necessarily, I mean, I guess like my target schools, right? Um, so I was a little bit surprised, but it looks like it was really, really competitive this year because I know a lot of people who got waitlisted. So it looks mm-hmm. like the Cal Poly Slow, apparently, is really kind of pushing the envelope here and trying yeah. to become more competitive which and this is like uh, I I know Alexa being waitlisted at slow isn't the best but for everyone listening I think that's good news for you I mean now you know that if you end up at slow or any of the Cal states they are becoming a lot more competitive so be super proud and Alexa you should be super proud too because slow was so competitive this year I've heard from a lot of applicants and being waitlisted there is that that's amazing so it again proud of you and if you're so please consider the Cal States because they are amazing schools and they're proving themselves to be amazing in the rankings as well definitely agreed um but 
Okay, so, so we knock out UCLA because we both have yeah. pretty anticlimactic responses. Kind of. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, uh, waitlisted. Sorry. <laughs> waitlisted, <laughs> yep. <laughs> threw it out there. Um, and how did I feel uh, about it? We actually, it's today's Thursday, April 29th. We found out about UCLA on Wednesday, April 28th, which was so yesterday. about, yeah, 27 hours ago. So it's pretty new. Um, what I, I didn't have much reaction. <laughs> yeah, okay, so this is the thing. Oh, gosh, our one favorite accounting professor definitely he he definitely convinced me about because <laughs> maybe he plays a role in why I'm not too ecstatic about any hearing about UCLA I mean yeah um, at least for now at least for now because they don't have a business school yeah so, so I mean they're I mean needless to, they have an amazing education system at UCLA you know they're they're well known and they're renowned for a reason but as far as what we want to pursue, I, I don't know if UCLA is really the best option between UCLA and UCI yeah. for business. Uh, I mean, as an undergrad, I choose yeah. UCI. And yeah. it's the competition that you're looking at. And I think we talked about this last episode as well, where at UCLA, if you're not the creme de la creme, then... I mean, it's going to be rough and balancing the the academic, the yeah, the academics and then trying to recruit simultaneously. It's just at UCLA, it's a lot. And, and they don't, you wouldn't really cultivate your skills that much as a, as a business student. Um, so whatever. I, yeah, that was like my reaction was whatever it was. I was just like, I'm, it's great. Honestly. I was a little bit down, but I, I quickly realized that UCLA, I mean, it's UCLA. Everyone listening is like, oh my gosh, it's UCLA. And yes, you're right. I, I realized that like, it's still an amazing school. And the fact that we are waitlisted, it, it's not a rejection. We still should be proud. I think it's, it's great. And there's still a chance, like, like we said. So yeah, Hopefully. we'll see. Yeah, and again, I mean, if it was if I were a biology major, oh, UCLA is a solid yeah. pick, right? But yeah. for business, I'm sorry. It's just first of all, let me just drop a little truth bomb on you. Only ten percent of biz econ majors at UCLA actually go into consulting and investment banking and all of that. The rest of them are all doing accounting. If you want to do accounting, solid school, but hey, if you want to do you know Exactly. There's UCI, there's Fullerton, exactly. again. Fullerton and does accounting great. I think for the both of us, Alex and I, really, we really want to solidify. I mean, obviously, we're not thinking that we're going to um, secure in a, uh, a consulting position right out of undergrad. But we want to provide, like, the foundation, the right internships and yeah. the right opportunities um, with our undergraduate experience. And... Yeah, given that statistic that you just put out, I mean, I, I don't want to base my future off of those odds. I have to, you have to be in the top 10% of the entire business economics class to have a good shot at getting a position. And I mean, I want something with more security. And so, yeah. 
Yeah, Overall, definitely. But, but you know, it's still an option. And if I, if I'm still going to join, I'm going to join the waitlist. What you have to do for UCLA is you have to opt into the waitlist and you, you know what? I think I have it open. Oh, nice. Okay. So I have to mine real quick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what you do, I, which is, I thought that was silly. Like you have to select if you want to join the wait list. Oh, well actually yeah. kind of makes sense. Maybe cause maybe you got in somewhere else and you're like, well, yeah, I'd exactly. rather but so you have to, uh, just, I'm going to read it verbatim just so I don't get anything wrong please provide your fall and winter grades your spring course schedule and slash or any additional information you want to include so it's not just you join the wait list you kind of have to you update them on your coursework your grades and additional information is very open-ended um so I don't know I don't know what, what additional I mean I do know what additional information I should put I'm going to take advantage and really make my case for them and the reason why I um, I'm taking this waitlist so seriously is because uh, I, I still want to give every application my all. Even though UCLA isn't my top choice, I want to pour 100% into it and like have the admissions be or have my application be somewhat reflective of who I am as a student. So, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, at this point, I already chose my school but if I was still kind of you know deciding I think just shoot your shot you know Um, if it's a good program even if like again even if you have some other offers on the table but you're not a hundred percent set on something and let's say you don't know the schools that you've gone into as well that could be another option just right just try yeah yeah okay so moving on uh, <laughs> all right. So all UC right. Berkeley. Okay, I'm actually I'm excited to talk about this. So okay. we, um, Alexa and I applied to Haas, uh, their undergraduate business administration program. Uh, yeah. We found out about it last week. It was, it was a hurricane a of an experience waiting to hear back from Berkeley. They were not oh, only gosh. difficult. They had technical issues and they caused a frenzy in every forum that I'm in. <laughs> I was just kind of the day before, not even just the day before. I mean, for the past two months, every Berkeley undergrad applicant or transfer applicant has been highly anticipating this moment. And they just, Berkeley just made it worse for us. They had this glitch in their system that everyone was talking about. And we were all over analyzing everything. No one was patient to, and, and the yeah. thing about the, the application decisions is that they don't actually give you a hard date of when they're going to release it. They're like, yeah, sometime by the end of April, figure it out, everyone. So what we do is we literally run statistics tests, kind of we kind of do and based all all of the we look at all of the history of their past decision dates and we calculate when it's coming out this year um yeah that's yep. how it was yeah it was crazy yeah yeah and on top wait. of that also uh rem- i remember someone biggest tip also if you're looking for decisions or you kind of want to like bond with the community join all the discord servers for all these schools for like uh mm-hmm. people who are anticipating to transfer 
it's yeah. great just maybe the day the day before mute all notifications oh, because yeah. you're going to be so stressed I um, I yeah. I think I had a proper anxiety attack I the day before yeah. everyone was I mean I was fine it was an, a lovely was it Tuesday or was it Thursday I think it was Thursday yeah it was a lovely Thursday and <laughs> um then all of a sudden I witnessed this panic happening on my discord and I just didn't yeah. want to look at it because I didn't want to think about it like it is what it is even if there's a glitch it was like out of my control and so I didn't want to think well I, I had an exam to study for I'm pretty sure and I couldn't I was like oh now Berkeley's on my mind like oh it was it it's was hard stressful. it yeah. is because yeah I mean we put all our weight or we put so much weight in these admissions and the school is that it just gets to your head a little but try not to let that happen like Alexa said mute the servers just be in your zone focus on what's important and when the decisions come out they come out easy easier said than done yeah definitely I mean because I remember I mean I don't know about you but my heart was racing for those two days Um, even before that you know I would start thinking about it and just get really stressed and I would just kind of like put my hand on my heart and it would be beating so fast and I was like okay girl you need to chill like you know and at this point you know if you if you kind of like think about our mindsets we just got Mm -hmm. our UCI decisions back Isabel is probably feeling a lot calmer just because you at least know you're getting into UCI Mm -hmm. I on the other hand don't have that I have Fullerton which I'm happy about but you know it's like oh can I go for this reach school can I not Mm -hmm very stressful on top of that there's also ucla there's all these different factors right. going into it. so uh, yeah many things yeah. happening i know um, should we mention supplemental applications and the interviews just just to give um, a little bit of context yeah, yeah. of course okay, okay so um i are the supplemental applications just for haas though yes they I are okay okay so Basically, what the supplemental application is, is you have to update your coursework. Um, you have to, and um, for Haas, they love to be special. So Extra. they have these specific requirements that you need to fulfill, these academic requirements um, specific to their program. And you have to indicate that you fulfilled all of them. And um, so that's part of the supplemental application. The second part is a short answer question, basically another PIQ. But it, it's not it, it's not a um, ex- an extremely difficult prompt at all. It I forgot. It depends. It depends. I think this year it was. It was also a time that something didn't go to plan, and mm-hmm. you know what did you do about it? Something like basically like what was the time that yeah. you faced like a challenge or an unexpected yeah. circumstance, and how did you address it? Yeah, I think of course we all have those moments. Like I was thinking, like there are so many times when things didn't go according to my plan. Like right, your yep. plan didn't go according to my plan. But you have to think of another compelling story and put a final oomph into your application. And I think for both of us, we poured it out in our PIQs and so I was left with minimal to write about so I I, um had to really dig deep it was I have a question this is just some tea when did you start your supplemental essay or application and when did you finish it (laughs) um 
So here is Alexa throwing me under the bus. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> okay, you no. can throw me under the bus too. Don't worry. Well, okay. So for the resume part, I didn't yeah. even read the supplemental application fully. I just saw the word resume and I was like, shoot, <laughs> let me make a resume right now just for Berkeley. Oh my so gosh. I need a resume that I thought I would be, you know, a resume as the ones that you send to your, your, your jobs or internship applications. And I made one, another one, and I tried to make it extremely outstanding just for Berkeley. And uh-huh. I even sent it to my professor and I was like, hi, uh, can you review this really, really thoroughly? Because I'm sending this to, in my supplemental application. And he was like, yeah, sure. So um, I made a resume. That's not what the resume is. The resume is literally updating your coursework. Yeah. I started that. extracurriculars. And extracurriculars, right. I started doing that like maybe two, I want to say, but it was probably like a day before it was due, but it was super quick. It was just like needle in the arm super quick. Yeah. But still, because it's. It's, it asks you if there's anything that you want to update in your extracurricular activities since your fall and I think transfer academic update, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even think the transfer academic update asks for that. So it's pretty much what have you done since the fall that maybe you didn't mention but want to include here. Um, but everything else, if you just click a little checkbox that like, oh, I said everything I wanted to say, then you just move on to the, the essay. That's how quick oh. it is. Oh, okay. Wait, can I just quickly tell everyone, please don't wait last minute for the resume, for any part. Maybe, okay, at least give yourself a few days. This is what happened to me. So I'm going through the requirements in the supplemental application, and then I come across the Haas English requirements. So when I enrolled in IVC as for my first semester, I was able to, um, surpass writing one because on my AP language arts exam in high school I got a three which Mm -hmm. is the passing grade and so I you know was able to bypass writing one and go straight into writing two I got writing two got an A bam bam done however for Haas you have to take you have to take the course you can't just like indicate that you surpass it you you have to go through it and provide a grade for it for that requirement I didn't know that yeah but I know I didn't know that until uh the the day before (laughs) and I had taken writing one and we were already into our like a couple weeks into our first our, our last semester at IVC so I had it was I couldn't really I was like shoot uh what the heck do I do that night, I emailed every counselor at IVC. I, I'm pretty sure I, I just sent a mass email saying, I need help. Is this true? Do I really have to take writing one? Because they're not, you know, Haas is not going to take your AP three score. They're yeah. going to take four and five. So I was screwed. Like I had, it was kind of like late to enroll in classes uh, at IVC. All the, you know, you couldn't. I couldn't even add a class if I wanted to because like the windows were closed. And so I was like, Ooh. oh my gosh. Thankfully, counselors are awake at 10 p.m. So, uh, wait, wait, you didn't hear that from me. Don't bother them that late, guys. Don't. (laughs) But 
Um, so they're like, yeah, unfortunately, Isabel, you have to take the writing one class. And unfortunately, this semester is your last opportunity. And unfortunately, we're already into the semester. So I don't really know how you're going to get into this class. Oh and my then, gosh. so that night, second batch of emails I sent were to every available writing one professor, whoever had an open class. I just enrolled in everything begging. I got a lot of, um, Isabel, we're two weeks into the semester. It's a bit late, but thankfully I had a saving grace. Oh, a professor was like, yes, we have room. Come join. But you're also going to have to join our two other classes that are associated with this class. So I had to enroll for not one, not two, but three courses. Oh my gosh. All for one school that I have not the highest chance of getting into probably. Well, you don't know, right? But that's the I problem. Mean, you don't know. Exactly. So, I don't know. Yeah. But you know what? I couldn't risk it. I had to, you know, fulfill the requirements to even be considered. And I was debating. I was like, in that moment, I was thinking to myself, is it really worth the pain for this school that I could possibly get rejected from? Is it worth this pain of taking an extra course to fill this stupid requirement? Ugh. But and I was like, Ugh, I, I don't know, like, I'll just give it up. But um, I would have been so disappointed in myself if I didn't give fully 100 percent effort into the application. So what did I do? I enrolled. I had to play heavy catch up in the course. I'm currently in the course. <laughs> You're still in the course? Um, uh, yeah, well, let me get to it. I, I am in the course right now. But like, I have to the, the rest of the story is going to finish after we tell our decisions. But like, I'm in the course still. Yeah, I'm taking the classes. I'm writing all the essays, whatever, oh for Berkeley, all of it for Berkeley. But like, uh, for me, I, I mean, I just, I made myself the most like competitive version of myself for the Berkeley application. So I had to, you know, I had to see, or I had to push it even further and then take the course just for Berkeley. That's just what it takes. That's what it takes. And I, I would have been upset because by, by taking that course and being eligible for um, Berkeley's application, um, you know, I'm giving myself a shot as opposed to no shot at all. And yeah, so. Definitely. Yeah. yeah and that's a huge thing is willing to just go for it. You ultimately don't know until the d- decision comes out what's going to happen. So why just not try, right? And yeah. even if it doesn't work out, at least you know you did yeah. absolutely everything you could and you yeah. put your best foot forward. When, so. when I was in high school, I didn't, I don't even think I applied to Berkeley because I knew that I wasn't really capable of getting in, let alone performing well at, at Berkeley and knowing what I wanted to do. So I didn't apply because I didn't think I had a shot the first time around. But this time, I truly believed that I was a, I am a very good candidate for Haas. And, you know, I wanted to give it my all and I was willing to put in the extra work because I believe that I am a good candidate for the school. So I definitely that I considered that um, during this whole supplemental application process. And yeah, yeah. So it was just crazy, like comparing the two times I applied or yeah. Yeah. So, um, 
And then interviews. So I'll just talk a little bit about that. No one really knows what the consensus is on whether it's a good sign or a bad sign to get an interview. Mm -hmm. Um, Usually, at least in years prior, as in like three years ago, somewhere like that, if you got an interview, it meant they needed more information. So they were probably still trying to decide. They they didn't, you know, they, they weren't like, oh, definitely, or oh, no, thanks. You know, it was kind of like in the middle. Um, and you kind of mm-hmm. didn't know if it was a good sign. It seems like the trend lately has been that it's a good sign to get an interview. Um, for the last transfer class, only two people out of 100 didn't get an interview who got in. So... Now it's really become a thing where they want to interview the people that they're putting into the school. Um, or, you know, the, the, I guess, I guess, at least again, this is what I'm conjecturing. Um, just so that they know, okay, this is how they carry themselves. This is, you know, just, just to like lock in their decision before they, they kind of put a stamp of approval or whatever they do. So that's kind of how it's changed over the years. But again, just if you get an interview, don't be like, ah, psh, I got in. Like, I don't need to take this seriously. Um, for me, it just, it was huge because I knew they were considering me. And I think that's a big thing. If you get an interview, you know you have a chance. You just better make use of it. I didn't make use of it. Going back to those supplemental essays, I submitted my application at 11.57 p.m. on the day of. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, yep. Yeah. That. That's my girl. Yeah, you know. Um, and, like, I was, me in interviews being like, oh, yeah, time management is totally my strongest skill. No, that's why I don't say it, because I'm like, I'm not going to actually lie to your face right now. I'll choose something else. But, um, yeah, I really waited till the last minute. I pushed it off. I wrote my supplemental essay in two to three hours right before the deadline and just submitted it. I was like, there might be spelling errors in there. I don't even know. Let's just submit submit whatever this is. But luckily for me, I knew what to write about because there was one topic that I kind of danced around and didn't really talk about um, in my personal insight questions, which was the whole, you know, like the, the elephant in the room, my Ukrainian grades, what happened in that university? Like, why is there such a huge disparity? And so that's ultimately what I wrote about because I knew, okay, I don't have anything else that is just so obvious and glaring about this question, and I'm sure people will write about it. Talking about your transfer experience as a transfer student is not something unique, right? It's not something that people are going to be like, wow, that's so uncommon. But (laughs) for me, I couldn't really write about anything else because that was a huge part of my life, right, is the fact that I came to that realization in that university Ultimately, I was raised, you know, when I graduated high school, I was really young. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't even know what I wanted to pursue or what I wanted to do with my degree. And all I knew is I need to be the fastest. I need to get my grade or my degree as soon as possible. I need to be the youngest in the room at all times. I need to, like, just flex, flex, flex. I need to flex (laughs) everything I have for the life of me. It doesn't matter what I end up doing, where I go. I'll figure it out along the way. That's the kind of mindset I had. And that was very toxic. And so if I didn't have my Ukrainian university, which definitely humbled me, that experience of going through that and then having to start from zero, from nothing at community college, being like, oh, I'm all that. I got in the top university of my country, blah, blah, blah. But then I got in there and I saw what really went on. I'm like, uh, yeah, this is not where I want to be. So 
you know, having to go from that to just starting from, and we all know this, community college doesn't have a barrier of entry, right? If you can pay for those classes, doesn't matter what grades you got in high school, doesn't matter any of that, you can take classes at a community college. So going from that, you know, to community college was a huge change, really humbled me, also gave me time to find myself. And that's what I wrote about because I don't think I could have come up with something else in three hours. And so I just went with um, what was yeah. like the no, essence. You know? That is an amazing. I mean, you're so yeah. mad at me right now. I can feel it. You're like, are you kidding me? No, 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 no. <laughs> this is I what mean, you wrote about, Alexa. Okay. okay. I think, no, no, no. For the whole, you know, art, the transfer process, don't, I mean, for me, I couldn't write it in a way that sounded different but Alexa has this way of storytelling that I don't have so that's so true true. I would (laughs) like I couldn't I I couldn't I you just have the talent for it I I can't it's I'm if you can spin okay let's say you find like a dollar on the ground for somehow some way you can spin that into a PIQ or a supplemental answer uh do it Okay, like, but I can't. <laughs> I, I have Still to. philosophical, you know. Yeah. Just yeah. Dollar fulfilled my destiny. Yeah, yeah but no. Yeah. But Alexa, your story is like, I mean, your beginnings, your international experience. It's all to me. It's like whoa. I cannot believe that. You know that was your journey. It's so different, and like you have a lot to write for or to say for, but. I, um, on my supplemental, what did I freaking write about? Uh, the question was, what did, okay, this is what I wrote about. I think actually mine's similar to yours. So don't even worry. Cause like I also played the card. Nice. But, um, I apologize if you can hear my dog in the background. Okay, anyway. No, it adds, it adds. We have a third host. This is great. Yes. Okay. Anyway, um, I wrote about. <laughs> I don't even remember. Okay. Um, it's a blur. It really all together. It yeah, it ha- frenzy. Yeah, it happened so quick. Well, I started by by telling the story of my assignment in sixth grade, ladies and gentlemen. So oh I gosh. how old was I? Like. 10 or 11 this Thursday so right right so at 10 at the age of 10 or 11 I had this we had this assignment in, in sixth grade it was a little class project of writing a letter to yourself 10 years into the future where you want to be what you want to be doing and you know uh or that's what I wrote about and so I wrote in my letter I remember what I wrote I wrote hi 20 year old Isabel I hope that you're a Stanford student in your, um, in your whatever junior year of your pre-med program about to become a cardiothoracic surgeon, really wealthy for a young person and also with a, an amazing relationship. And I don't know, I had all these expectations for myself at 10 years old and the reason being is because 
that is what has been ingrained in my mind ever since. So ever since even before 10, maybe like eight. Um, yeah. I expected or I had written out what I wanted to do for myself. I thought I knew what I wanted to do at such a young age. And we were kind of pushed to figure out what you want to do at such a young age. And so my expectation that went the wrong way was I expected to follow this clean cut system and have everything perfect, everything along the way perfect and be this perfect student and strive to go to like the Ivy leagues at 10. And you know, that fell out of place and that pressure in that kind of that societal structure that I was in, um, it didn't work out for me. And and that's what I wrote about is that I, I didn't, you know, I think I was kind of oblivious growing up. And I expected to, I was looking at all the wrong things. And I wrote about, you know, my transformation and how I didn't reach what I expected. So basically all my childhood expectations fell through they they weren't successful and I didn't achieve that. And so, uh, but I'm writing about, I wrote about how it's okay and that it's, but it wasn't, you know, overcoming that kind of long-term expectation was really difficult, but I think it was all worth it. And so that's what I wrote about. Ultimately, I did write about the transfer community college process. Twins. Yeah. I mean, I feel like there are a lot of uh, similar themes in what we wrote we just delivered it differently but I think ultimately it's pretty clear that community college it matures you you know you have to mature because you're going to be humbled you're going to be you're gonna have to keep your head down that's just how it works no one's been like no I think we're so used to the whole oh where do you go to college IVC but I'm transferring blah 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 right like you you know you have to justify there's all this stuff where people are like oh good for you like you know um Mm -hmm. and then they just start treating you differently so there's a lot to that community college stigma and yeah I I mean I think if you can write a compelling essay about it which just from hearing about it it sounds like it was incredible um (laughs) you know I mean it was very like how do I I don't know it was just very frank yeah that's what I was gonna say I didn't achieve my childhood dreams and it was a it took a huge toll on my confidence yeah. and my you know I I didn't even want to plan for anything because I, I hadn't I was so lost but that is what community college and the transfer process it, it can help with that that's what it's for and I think most students are kind of unsure about you know whether you're committing to a four-year or you don't know what you're going to do after high school like you don't even know if you want to pursue a higher education. I think that like like you were saying, the time that we're given allows us to really mature. And like we're we're given an opportunity to reflect on what we want to do. We're given a chance to find our passions. We might not, but we might, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's a blessing in disguise financially. Yeah. And um, you know, it helps, it's good with your mental health, it saves time, money. And you learn, we learn things the hard way, I guess, at community college, like how to build a community since, I mean, especially at IVC, when we first started, or at least when I first started, I noticed that everybody was so independent and it was a get in and get out type of mentality. 
you go to class, you leave class, you study on your own. I didn't really see that much of a community, but now I'm starting to notice people really building those communities. And um, I, I highly commend everyone at IVC who pioneers the community that we have, like you, Alexa, you little college oh leap. <laughs> you college leap president, you. Uh, yeah. But, but yeah, I, you know, we are forced to like, I mean, no one's actually forcing us, but we just naturally learn to build skills that we wouldn't otherwise have built at a four-year university. And it, it's just, it's a give and take. What was I talking about? We have an opportunity cost, but of, <laughs> yeah, of not, you know, experiencing the four-year university life. However, our advantage is that we become, we have more clarity in the rest of our um, undergraduate experience and also beyond that, our professional experience. Definitely, definitely. I mean, community college has really given us a lot. Um, and I'm glad we got to say it. You know, again, it's like ultimately we put that out on paper and at least we have those essays. We could turn that in for something else, a scholarship yeah. perhaps. You know, there's a lot. So, yeah. um, you know, yeah. if you really feel like you you put it out there, you know, you just you hope that someone will hear it, you know, in definitely. some way. Yeah, definitely. I think I guess to like just wrap up my like supplemental Ha- oh, wow, Haas is getting a lot of attention right now. But to wrap up there, what my message was, it's that um, now my goal, my new expectation is to rewrite the narrative of community college or not me alone, obviously with the help of my peers. But yeah, and I think Alexa, you do that too. Like we, that's something that we really care about is like really advocating for community college and community college students because Definitely. It, and it should be in my opinion it should be considered just as important of an option as the UCs or as the Ivy Leagues even or yeah it should be up there yeah definitely and yeah we're paying it forward and there's a reason for it because it's given us a lot so you know we we feel okay. compelled to yeah, yeah. But, but but let's Okay, enough of the emotional stuff. Let's okay. let's give it to him straight. Okay, so okay. um, really quick. Okay, I got rejected. Boohoo. Okay, Alexa. <laughs> uh, okay, okay. So after all the waitlist and all the stressing, yes. thankfully, Haas decided to bring me in for the next two yes. years. Oh Woo. my gosh, I'm so. Oh, okay. So I'm really. First of all, round of applause. Okay, I'm really okay. proud of Alexa. She deserves this so much. Um, okay, I won't embarrass you. I feel like you, you don't. <laughs> okay, okay. So I'll stop there. I'll gush about it later. But anyway, that is the, that's our verdict. I Everyone's like, oh, you could have just told us. Like, you just said it in the beginning. <sighs> Sorry, guys. I know we've been we've been building it up but honestly you know this was a school that I did not even think of applying to in October um and really honestly again gotta pay it forward to College Leap I started talking because College Leap started at UC Berkeley was created Mm -hmm. by UC Berkeley transfer students and um ultimately 
I kind of got into that community. I started talking to some of my mentors in College Leap and just kind of their take. I was interviewing a lot of alumni. I interviewed Daniel, who, you know, his interview is uh, up in public. So check it out on YouTube if you haven't already. Um, but I was talking to all these people, and I'm just thinking, maybe I can do it too? But I don't know. I don't know. You know, I don't want to say it was still definitely a reach. And so for me, it was just kind of, it's it's an interesting feeling because UC Berkeley was the second UC that I heard back from. And now hearing back from UCLA, or no, I think it was the third one. So it was waitlist at UCI, which I was really stressed about. Then I got the UC Santa Barbara acceptance. Felt good, but I didn't think I wanted to go there. So it was kind of, you know, like meh. And then um, UC uh, Berkeley came out and it was just... Oh my gosh, that that whole day was just crazy. It was just hectic and it was really nerve wracking of just anticipating the decisions. And we um, we were relieved to just hear a decision from Berkeley. Oh gosh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that alone, whether whatever it was, it was just good to know. Finally, after all the drama and um the forum so yeah I felt so much relief I was like okay finally it's out Alexa I messaged her Uh, yeah she was busy she was she was running interviews at the time and I was like hey what's your verdict on Berkeley and I'm like I don't want to know she's like I don't know Isabel like shut up no I'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but she was like I'm gonna open it on my own time when I can process it when I have the room to breathe and I was just like I I was like I totally get it I was, I feel you girl but for me I was in the middle of studying 5 p.m hit and I was like all right give it to the <laughs> I'm it's time yeah yeah yeah, so, no, I can do that. I so I went out very cognizantly at 2:30 p.m. on a walk with my boyfriend and I knew that admissions decisions, I think I don't know, were they coming out five? I think they were coming out three. Um Oh, yeah, sorry, three. See? Yeah. It's, all, it's, all it's been a blur. It really has this whole time, but um I think they were coming out three. I went for the walk at two thirty, and I knew that decisions were going to come out, and we were going on a pretty long loop. So I knew that okay, I'm not going to be there right at three p.m. I muted all my, you know, all the servers, put my phone in my bag, and I was like, I'm not going to touch that. I don't even want to look. I don't want to know. Everybody was talking about this waitlist glitch, which, which you know, again, everyone gets into this frenzy. We all started doing like portal astrology where we're all just trying to like look at different signs to like tell us if maybe we got in, maybe we didn't. And so there was this waitlist glitch where if you clicked on the, or no, not waitlist, withdraw glitch where if you clicked on the withdraw button and it said unauthorized, it could mean you're rejected. But if it didn't say unauthorized, then you probably had a shot. It was just all over the place. And I'm like, I'm not even going to check that glitch. I'm the kind of person that usually does, you know, I want to know as soon as possible, but I just, I wasn't prepared that day. And I don't know, I had like a weird feeling that like things were going to turn out okay, but I didn't trust it. (laughs) So I was like, let's just wait. And so I didn't check the portal. I don't think you did either, right? You didn't check the glitch. Uh, No, I didn't. I was just like, Berkeley will send it whenever they're ready. I wasn't. so mature. I didn't. Everyone was that. like, Isabel, what about, did you check the glitch? And I was like, I 
whatever, man. Cool. They glitched. Um, I'll still f- wait for Friday. And yeah, <laughs> I just yeah. Which is smart. I I wish you were so calm and composed. Like I know you were stressing out, but just the way you appeared was like when I get the decision, (laughs) you know, I'll do it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I know. And I just I remember like okay, so Alexa and I we hopped on a call that night. Yeah. Yeah. And we broke the news to each other. And this is when we like had our heart to heart that inspired this podcast. Yep. (laughs) And Yep. So, um, you finally opened your decision right after waiting, and you got in, and then I was like, "So, <sighs> pop the bottle." I'm just kidding. Champagne. <laughs> um, and she's like, "Um, I've been thinking about housing, the financial." Yes. Situation. Alexa immediately got into her logistics mode and was tunnel vision on the plan. She there was no celebration. I was just like, wow, yeah. I mean, let's just jump right into it. There's no time to be wasted. Yeah, I was stressed because you know it's like at that point, and I was trying. I mean, you t- we talked a little bit about Berkeley here and there. But if you had, you know, heard anyone talk to me about Berkeley before the application decisions came out, I would just say, no, you know, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to say anything. Like, let's not even put that into the universe. My boyfriend would try and ask me or be like, you have a really good shot. I'm like, don't even try me. Like, I don't want to know. Um, and really, I just didn't want to speak in anything into existence and get my hopes up. And I think that kind of helped me. But as soon as that decision hit... It was just like, okay, well, now what, right? It's San Francisco, it's housing, it's all this. And I've been looking into housing. It's not pretty. So, you know. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I love that. Alexa was like, all right, next, moving on. What's next? I got to, I got to figure this out. Like, I don't even think she said woo. I think I'm the one that was like, yes, Alexa. And she's like, oh, yeah, I got into Berkeley. Um. Yeah, okay. it just, it doesn't feel real. But, you know, it will it, sometimes, but when classes start. I, I don't want to embarrass her, we but all she worked hard, really hard, guys. Hard. Okay, okay, okay. Let's, what about, um, I can talk about my reaction, because I was oddly optimistic. Uh, yeah. Um, so, I forgot exactly what I talked to you about. I mean... Obviously, the second I read it, it was just, you know, you know, your typical use rejection letter. And I was yeah. like, oh. but I was like, well, first of all, thanks for telling me, at least. Thanks for being honest, Berkeley. I was waiting for this, you know, this decision to come out. So I was just glad that it was out and that now I can narrow down my decision. It is what it is. I can't change it. Um, And I was talking to Alexa about it and I think I said that well when I found out about UCI that Mm -hmm. is when I had my my celebratory moment um because I it was just for me it was a school that I trust and love and I would be so 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 happy to go there and I had that moment with UCI and it's because it was the first decision that came out and it was the first UC that I gained acceptance to and so that's where I had that moment with UCI and I didn't have it with, I mean, with Berkeley, I wasn't 
I didn't have such an emotional reaction just because I was very content with UCI. And also, um, yeah, like, I think I, I knew I gave my all. I, I knew that I, I know that I would do great in, at Haas and that I would make the most of it and I would be the best student. I really uh, portrayed myself well on my applications. I gave myself a competitive edge. I worked really hard on the essays, even though they were uh, last minute, but I worked really hard regardless and my grades and everything. So I did everything I could. Even I had that, like, you know, that stressful experience with that one writing class um yeah, but I really gosh. did I gave 110 percent and so that was my part the rest is really out of my hands and I I do you know even though I I believe that I would be great at Haas I didn't get in and maybe it was meant to be that way um it I doesn't what a friend of mine I, why do I always bring this up Daniel oh god dang it. <laughs> Daniel. Uh, anyway he he told me that or he just reminded me, he's like, this isn't, he's like, whatever. Like, he's like, you know who you are. You know that you could, you would have killed it. And it doesn't say anything about you. It's not reflective of you. And that's like a message I want to send. I know dealing with rejection is hard, but your rejections do not define you. So. No, they don't. Yeah, exactly. That's it. And, you know, I, I was content and I was like, great. Well, now. UCI. UCI is going to get a great student. I mean, I'm just kidding. Oh, yeah. No, they will. <laughs> Come on now. You're going to be at the top of your classes. You're going to take advantage yeah. of all the opportunities there. And the nice thing is, you know the campus. You know probably a lot of the faculty, you know. Um, and that's the beauty of going to a school that you know really well. You know, and I think that's something I wish, like, I wish I knew more about Berkeley because I honestly feel like I've been kind of, and that's why I was so stressed, you know, when I came in. I think for you, when you got into UCI, it was probably this wave of relief of, wow, okay, I'm going to this amazing school, you know. And for me, it was just stress. So, like, stress and, like, happy stress, right? Uh, But, yeah, yeah, but I definitely had a lot of things up in the air. And I think it's awesome when you know a school so well where you're, like, I know exactly what I'm going to do when I come here. And I know exactly, you know what what's possible here yeah. so I think that's awesome yeah. of course of course I think you know Haas is I mean it, it's an amazing it would have been great to go there right but but yeah. I will and this goes for everyone if it doesn't work out as planned or as you hoped you take full advantage of the next best opportunity and exactly that's what I plan to do and that's what everyone should plan to do and yeah so and you know it doesn't it's not the end of the road I'm 20 oh yeah. Berkeley can experience me later exactly they can wait I mean, hello you know <laughs> yeah I don't know somehow some way I'll figure it out but anyway that 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 was our those were our decisions our admissions and rejections and it's been a process, but now we can officially say that we're transferring. I mean, we, are you Ooh. keeping your grades up, Alexa? I'm trying. I'm trying. I have <laughs> I have seven classes I'm taking right now, oh, so it's Lord. not fun. Oh, gosh. Yeah, but, um, yeah. So, also about the writing class, you remember how remember yes, guys, I did it for Berkeley? <laughs> so, I was like, well, 
now let me think about this writing course uh do it, it's a painful course guys it's i can imagine I it's Three writing one. yeah but it's just like oh these essays man i thought i got it over with but i so i called the counselor and i was like hi uh <laughs> get me out of here <laughs> i i got rejected from berkeley so what can I do about this writing class since um, I no longer trying to appease Berkeley? Um, and the, he's like, well, lucky for you, our excuse withdrawals are still available. And oh. I'm like, yay, great. So I, I submitted a form for an excuse withdrawal. It does nothing to my application, absolutely nothing. Um, so he's like, yeah, just submit that. They'll process it. Bing, bang, boom you're done after that so I was like okay and so that's what I did and now I'm gonna dedicate my time to finding an internship uh yes taking some LinkedIn learning courses and getting boba with Alexa nice. you know <laughs> so yeah what we like to hear yeah I, I, we're I, we're so like I don't know it kind of feels surreal to be it does young, but I mean, nearly done with the community college process. And I think that I'm really grateful to my uh, myself two years ago, the person that decided to go to community college. Like, I'm so thankful I made that decision. And I know it's hard. It's given, you know, the societal input about going to community college. But listen, I think you, you guys all should just focus on yourself and ignore everything everyone else has to say about going to community college. Do the, whatever is best for you, whether it's four year or whether it's going to community college or whether it's taking a gap year or whatever it may be. Do whatever is best for you. And, you know, don't push yourself to go into something that you don't ha really have a plan for. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Because again, you could have gone into Fullerton, you could have done that, but you saved yourself a whole lot of tuition, first off. You mm -hmm. saved yourself the fact that, you know, you ultimately wanted to go to a different school, and which is fine, right? For some people, Fullerton is where they want to be. They know they're going to thrive there. But ultimately, you wanted something else. You went through the community college system, saved yourself a lot of money, learned exactly what you want to do, right? Switched from bio to business, you know, did a, did a complete yeah. like 180. And, exactly. yeah. Yeah. and, and for you, you were able to rewrite that whole Ukrainian transcript story. You really uh, yeah. made your mark. You, you know, you did well in every event that you you basically orchestrated so many events and like the whole college league title and so we I think we both we both made our mark here definitely yeah. and we're gonna feel happy once that commencement comes along are you doing the drive-through commencement by the way um why not it should be like quick right I can go drive through and get with my cabin gown have a cute little moment and get some chick-fil-a after yeah there you go girl you better register because the deadline's tonight oh but... i registered oh perfect okay yeah, yeah. so that's a for anyone listening to this later when pandemic is just in the past 
Um, there's going to be a drive-through commencement for us where we pick up our cap and gown. If you're in the honors program, you get your honors medallion. Um, get some, I don't know, goodies. There's some photo booths. But ultimately, I would just say, doesn't matter where you get in. Ultimately, if you're going somewhere, just pay it forward to yourself by just going to that ceremony. Because ultimately, there's a lot you owe to IBC. You know, like we owe a lot to IBC. Yeah. Um, and, and so, to, yeah. It's, to, the, yeah. to the school, to the faculty, to the community. And if, you know, I know that a lot of the people that are listening are community college students at IBC. Um, and the way you can give back is just by really making the most out of your experience right now and just being the best version of yourself. And by doing so, you are advocating for the community college process because you're helping rewrite the narrative. You're, you're showing everyone, the society and younger generations that, that community college is a pathway that also leads to success, just as much success as going anywhere else, honestly. It all just depends on how you decide to use your resources and and the kind of community you build. That's really what it comes down to. Definitely. And for the people transferring this year, pay it forward to everybody else who's going to be staying and sticking back at IVC for another year or two and just try and help them navigate this time you know we're we're making this podcast to hopefully show others the emotional roller coaster that we were on for this past month but you know if you're a second year student share your experience don't hide the fact that you were a transfer student I know a lot of people try and do that and just remove that from their LinkedIn profiles Mm -hmm. pretend like they've gone to that school for four years but there's no reason because your story is just so bland, you know, if you don't have that progress to show. And IVC is a huge part of that and it should be part of the story. So, yeah, that's our two cents. <laughs> that's our two cents. And we probably have a lot more to say that's not coming to mind right now. But we're, you know, Alexa and I and like the rest of the College League team and also, yeah, everyone else at IVC, all the second years, are, most of us. <laughs> are willing yep, to yep. to help you guys out you just join our community and talk to any one of us and we will give you all the insight all the tips all the tea everything you want and we're here for you so yeah I think I'm really glad that we okay guys now we can say that this is the final episode um and one more thing about I, I didn't touch on this earlier about community mm-hmm. college is that my first two, I mean, yeah, well, the first two years you spend in undergrad, let's say you go to four-year university, the first one or two years are spent um, on your general education courses. Yeah. So yeah. don't feel like you're behind if you go to community college because you're all doing the same thing. You're getting those gen ed courses done, but for yep, a yep. bargain. So, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, just keep that in mind. We had a couple questions that we wanted to address, mm-hmm. um, which we can do that quickly before we wrap up. And these are from our Discord chat. So, the last thing we want to talk about, okay, let me let me find it. Mm-hmm. So, 
advice about how to show the admissions board that you are academically strong, but not only by your GPA. So, you know, how can you prove that you are a a dedicated student, um, but other than just your grades alone? So what can, what would you say to answer that? I mean, I think it's it's pretty clear that there's that opportunity for you to really show who you are through the PIQs and the additional comments section. So I would say really try and craft a narrative, right? So ask yourself, okay, why are my grades not this strong? Maybe there's a reason. Maybe you're working. Maybe it's just harder for you to study. You haven't figured, you know, you haven't found your stride yet. So try and craft a story around it. Figure out how it fits into your narrative. If there's things that you really dedicate more time to other than just pure academics, write about that in your PIQs. If you're on a sports team, you're working, maybe you're not. Maybe you're just going through a hard time where you're trying to figure out what you want to do. But that's something you can definitely write about and you can present it in a way where it will be compelling to the admissions officer. So don't think that GPA is end-all be-all, but keep in mind that there is a filter a lot of the time where they won't even look at an application if it's below a certain GPA, but usually those thresholds are very broad. So even for schools like UCLA or UC Berkeley, it's not going to be like 3.99 to 4.0. Like it's not going to be something ridiculous. They're going to leave a lot of room in there for you, you know, a couple tenths of a, of a, of a point. So definitely don't feel completely discouraged and not apply. But try and create a narrative and a story that you think someone would be interested in hearing about. And I think that's what's most important. And I can tell you, at least with my experience with UC Berkeley, they clearly look very holistically at your application because they saw my transfer grade or my Ukrainian grades. They saw what I reported um, to them in the fall and, you know, everywhere else. They saw those very, very low scores and they chose to disregard them completely, give me an interview and ultimately, you know, allowed me to get in. So if you're really hesitant, just know that there are schools out there and there are admissions officers that will take a holistic look at your application. It's just up to you to really open yourself up, because if there's not much there and your GPA is lower than you want it to be then there really isn't, you know, much you can do about that. So just leverage the PIQs, leverage the additional comment section. If you have a website you were working on, maybe a personal project, include that in the additional comment section. If you have like a really impressive LinkedIn or maybe you worked a bunch of jobs, talk about that. There's a family situation. Again, that's where you talk about that. But make sure you let it known because you can't really have the admissions officers, you know, like... um, try and extrapolate that from your application if you don't state it. So that would be my biggest advice. Do you have anything to add to that? I completely agree with everything um, that you said. And um, I, I just, I ditto, every, I echo everything that Alexa said about that. And uh, grades are really important. Um, of course, I mean, that is kind of the hallmark of, I mean, it, it, define, it doesn't really define you as a student. But it's one of the primary things that admissions boards are looking for. But again, like you don't need to um, fully be doing solely academics. You can. There's so many ways that you can prove that you are hardworking. Um, 
I mean, this is something that I was worried about. I was really stressed out about my GPA and how, or what I wanted my GPA. Obviously, I wanted to look like a 4.0, but I tried way too hard in my first semester. And my, I recommend that you don't, you know, just fill up your time with only classes and you sh- show that you can build, that you can participate in your community. Um, and I mean, I guess something that I wish I knew was uh, that I I should show how I'm competitive for my major, or I should build skills that are related to my major. And so if once you select your major IVC, definitely become incorporated in the community related to your major. So if you're a business uh, major, we have um, at IVC, there's amazing opportunities like this is leader society or just other other leadership skills or teams that you can join and I don't know like I said kind of craft yourself to be competitive for your major so that you can show for it in your college applications but you have to be a well-rounded student um for the college applications so don't just focus on your grades they're not just looking for someone who can maintain a 4.0 they're looking for someone who can apply their skills to something bigger like organizations like clubs like the community or a job whatever whatever it may be so yeah yeah definitely I think that really covers it well do we have any more questions or do you want to wrap it up I think there's one more question and this one we don't know that much about but we do want to address it um so it's about accelerated programs mm-hmm. in, at, at universities, whether they're beneficial or the pros and cons of it. Um, I mean, yeah. Do you want to take this one? Because I know you know yeah, a little bit I more think, than I do. I can, I think I'm going to, we have like the similar, similar opinions. We, we don't really know too much about, you know, all uh, specific accelerated programs that they have at um, four-year universities, but I think my advice to you who are if you're considering going into an accelerated program just really make sure that it's that you're going you're pursuing something that you know you're passionate about you know you want to develop your career in that field because you don't want to be midway through your accelerated program and realize that you don't like that anymore because I think by you committing to an accelerated program you're making it kind of harder to change your mind and so I just always make sure that you you're certain in what you're doing when you pursue an accelerated program and um if you're really passionate about it about whatever you're um whatever you're studying right now then I say go for those accelerated programs they're really beneficial but yeah always keep that in mind yeah I agree. I would also say in terms of accelerated programs, if it's major related, for example, like, oh, I want to do because I I know that this particular person wants to do pre-law. So if you're looking into programs and it's like an accelerated, let's say, poli-sci kind of situation, I would not recommend doing poli-sci for law school because everybody's doing poli-sci for law school. So Mm. if you really want to maximize your chances, then maybe look at adjacent majors that you could, that maybe have less prerequisites, 
that maybe are will still get you employed if you let's say end up not wanting to do law school because you really can't tell that for an advance you know maybe you find something else that you really like doing right so I would say pick a major that you can get a job out of out of graduating with a bachelor's degree right don't choose something unless you know you want to go into academia which pre-law really isn't you know like law school isn't necessarily like graduate studies in academia it it depends so if you're not entirely set or even if you think you are just try and find a path where there's always a backup plan you know like for me and for you right we're both aiming for let's say consulting but we always want to have accounting as a backup plan and as something to fall onto and ultimately that's kind of where we want to get our footing so I would say if you're looking to get into law choose a major that maybe will maybe I mean maybe dread accounting I don't personally so I would do something like business admin just so I know I have that solid option just look into something a little more applied maybe like applied again I'm looking into more tech like technical and um uh STEMI majors but like applied math could be a good a good one um something maybe with either linguistics or cognitive science something that is not as ultra competitive um and also is not because think about it what are you going to do with a bachelor's in poli sci you're not going to be able to get very high paying jobs unless you end up doing law school so if your heart is completely set on it and you feel like you're at the stage of your life where this is exactly what you want to do go go with an accelerated program I would just choose a different major mm-hmm. um because you can still take all this all the classes you need for law school but there's just a way to go about it that you know you can still have financial security um even if you don't end up doing law school so I would say you know that's just my two cents but if ultimately you love your poli sci classes and you love you love the idea of going to law school and that's what you want to do, then just, you know, go ahead, venture out, do the accelerated program, but just know that there may be other options. So depending on how much you want to hedge your bets, there's always a variety of options for you on the table. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that's a good way to end it. Um but I just want to say thank you guys for listening and sticking with us for three episodes. I don't know how much time you've spent listening to us chat, but probably well over four hours. Uh, yep. Which, I mean, uh, I don't know how you did that. I don't know if I could listen to myself. speak <laughs> really too No, but um, it was fun. This was so fun making these podcasts. And I feel like, you guys actually enjoyed them a little so I feel good about that (laughs) yeah definitely definitely all right um, well with that said we'll be closing off this third session yeah and good luck to everyone and just last thing please reach out we love to help people um and we we would just we have so much more to talk about that we need you to reach out so yeah we have Money to share. If you ask us about recruiting or reaching out, networking on LinkedIn, just even the transfer process, which classes to take, we're here for you. So take advantage. Right. Okay. Right. Enjoy, everyone. Bye. Bye. Happy Thursday. <laughs>